to the Speak Easily podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Jay, and boy, am I glad to be back. And I'm glad to be back with you. So we have a lot to talk about. Uh, I want to thank you all so much for listening and supporting in all of my endeavors, uh, whether it be on YouTube or here on this podcast. I have received tremendous support, and it is honestly so touching and it's more than I ever thought was possible and there is no words to describe what it feels like when you set out on an endeavor like this because you really are kind of putting yourself out there and you don't know what you're going to get back and I have to say uh, especially with the latest project Let's Be Nerds we received so much support and it was fantastic and it still is fantastic uh, we do need to address, it's, we're in a little bit of a crossroads right now. Um, Let's Be Nerds is not as easily produced as it once was. I'm sure any of you that are listening understand. Life happens, things happen, and when you work full-time and you're pursuing your passions on the side, unfortunately, your full-time job and your full-time commitments to your family, to your friends, to your work, to your life those will always come first and we're in that position right now where no one's schedules are syncing up and quite frankly I just don't think the content that we have been producing is up to our standard so for the time being let's be nerds is not canceled and it's not over it's simply on pause Um, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break And we're going to be reconnecting when everyone's schedule is more conducive to how it was, I would say, mid-season one, when we were able to schedule and film and record appropriately with everyone still being awake and not being run down and dragged down by the day and actually be able to be passionate about our content again. So in the interim, this is now pushing me back into the center of this, which is where it all began. And quite frankly, I have to be honest, it's a little uncomfortable because for so long I've relied on a panel. And that is where, that's a whole conversation in itself because I was so gung-ho about this as a solo thing in the beginning and then Let's Be Nerds came around and I really started to rely on the convenience of having other people show up. But the reality is, is although I have similar visions and similar dreams and ambitions to a lot of my co-hosts, the bottom line does come down to the fact that this is my dream and my passion. And relying on and expecting other people to always be available and always be in in as much as you are on something that is your initially your idea or your plan does not necessarily always work. And I can see within myself that a lot of my own insecurities came to the forefront when I was able to rely on other people because then the spotlight wasn't so much on me uh, my YouTube publications really kind of came to a halt. I just basically banked 
on everyone else. And although they are incredible people and they are worthy of platforming and, and the show was in, is incredible, at the end of the day, this is sort of my gig. And self-insecurities, which I believe we all battle with, those can't be the thing that you bury under the rug and make it somebody else's problem to carry your weight. We have to push ourselves. We constantly have to push ourselves to do better and to be better. And no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to walk you to the finish line. And I think that's an important lesson that I've learned in all of this. Um, My co-hosts and everyone involved with that project are absolutely amazing. But I don't think I was necessarily the best leader. And I also think that life happens and life gets in the way. And so I guess this is kind of me taking back the reins and really acknowledging that this is my project and my passion and I shouldn't put as much pressure on everybody else and I need to own this. And I will be honest, I've taken two to three weeks now, kind of that, you know, that feeling when you know something's coming down the pipeline and you're not quite ready for it. So you start preparing in the background and you start, you know, getting yourself accustomed to the idea. I've been in that slot for a while. I don't know if you can relate, but when you know that you have to sort of step up and take back what, you know, is yours, what is your vision, what is your ambition, your passion, and it's been scary. I gotta be honest, it's been scary, but I'm here now and I'm confident and I'm ready and I've, I've spent the last three weeks planning and preparing and I'm excited for what the future holds. I think that there is a lot of stories to be told. Um, the corner of the world that Let's Be Nerds was in is incredible. And it's definitely the the concept of there is room for everybody at our table and anybody can be passionate and nerdy about anything. And the term nerd should never be looked down upon is a beautiful way to live your life. And it's going to continue and it's going to be a beautiful thing. It's just, like I said, it's on pause. Um, so looking forward, if you are subscribed to this feed, if you are following me on social media, um, let me give you a little bit of a preview of what's to come. And that way you can make the decision if you want to hang around or you don't, there's no hard feelings either way. Cause I know that a lot of our listeners are here for let's be nerds content. And that is 100% understandable. And like I said, it will be back. But for the time being, we are going to be running with the speakeasily. Um, We are looking to do five days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, I am looking to have Monday be a news and politics and current event type of episode. Tuesdays, we're looking at true crime, but focusing on open and active missing person cases. Wednesday, we're looking at essentially bringing in people to talk about interesting human interest stories, uh, content that is 
prevalent to everyday listeners. Uh, I have a few people from the Let's Be Nerds crew that are going to be helping me out with that. Uh, Thursday, we are going to be into true crime again because I have to stay true to my origins. This whole thing did start on a true crime basis. And when reevaluating this pause, I neglected true crime. And that is what makes me passionate and what drives me. For those of you that have been following, following me from the beginning, you understand the Kevin Bacon story that I covered in the beginning of my YouTube career was probably the most passionate I've ever been about spreading a story and getting somebody's situation out there and getting support and getting justice. And so I want to refocus my alignment onto those types of things because this platform is a beautiful one but it is for nothing if we're not using it for good. So Thursdays will probably be true, true crime cases that you've heard of. Um, I want to focus on ones that are closed and, and or more popular or more notarized cases. Because um, I know some true crime fans, they hate the open-ended ones. They want an open and cl- shut case. So I'm going to try to provide that on Thursdays. And then Fridays, I think we're going to go a little freestyle, and it's going to be uh, rants and viewer-listener questions, anything you want to talk about. Um, I think we're going to save that for Friday and kind of have it be like a Friday fun day. Um, Just really open and honest. Um, That is one thing that I want to work on a little bit better. A lot of my feedback has been that I come off a little bit robotic, a little bit scripted, a little bit phony. And... Uh, that's not ever who I've intended to be when I've been doing this. I think what got construed is when handling things like true crime, the importance of the facts and getting the dates and the timeline and not slandering or spreading misinformation kind of overtook me and I became a little bit of that character of straightforward, straight-laced. And that's not exactly a fair representation. Um, I will try to always deliver facts with open and honest and full discourse and openly and honest with full discourse and encourage people to give me the feedback because it's the only way that I'll improve and that's the only way the show will get better. So I kind of want to have episodes where we can be serious with one another and talk about things that are pertinent And I also want to have episodes that are kind of fun, and we talk about wacky, stupid stuff. But mostly, I want to be a source of, I guess, relief, entertainment, information. Because we're living in some pretty crazy times, and I want to share with you today a little bit about some of the back end of a lot of my hesitancy with this whole process. And we're going to get into a story that I really want to share and I really want to get off my chest as to what's caused me to take certain steps back. But I think what we need right now, more than anything, is a unifying voice. Uh, There's a lot of division. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of stuff happening in our culture that doesn't need to be that doesn't sit well with me and um i'm nothing if i'm not a communicator um if 
for those of you that are listening that know me personally and know my mom, you would know that that is one thing she's instilled in me because of who she is, is you have to be able to connect with somebody and communicate. And I think that's kind of what we're missing. I would like to consider myself a connector and I want to share stories. I'm not going to say that I'm not going to be without fault or without a little bit of bias here and there, but I'm going to do my due diligence and try to present information in the best way I can, most the most factual way I can, add a little bit of fun, add a little bit of personality, and hopefully a lot of human connection. Um, I worry about where we're going a lot of the times, and I want to kind of be like a light in the beacon. No, that's not the expression. I want to be a beacon of light, I guess, for those of you that look at some of the stuff that's going on and you get a little that feeling in your stomach where it doesn't sit right and you're a little nervous and you're a little uncomfortable. Um, I, I want to talk about that anxiety. I want to talk about what we go through on an individual level, on a group level, on, on a societal level. I just want to get to a place where we can start to heal. Because a lot of people, a lot of politicians, a lot of influencers, I hate that term, they talk about that type of stuff, but they don't put truth to power. They don't actually act on it. Um, but if there's anything I've learned in the last two years, it's that we are we need that more than ever. And I can only do that through you. So I want to be the catalyst and I want you to help me build a community of like like-minded, not necessarily because we accept everybody of any opinion and we encourage it, but to just remove the anger and the hostility of counter-opinions and counter-views and just come back to things that we can all agree on, find that balance, find that connection, and um, go from there because we are probably in a rebuilding stage right now as a society over the things that we've all experienced collectively and I want to help mend that fence I know that's probably a cliche term but let's get honest let's get real and let's get open because the the longer we keep the division alive the more problems that are going to sprout from it it's like a bad fungus it's a bad disease we don't we don't just let it fester. We cut it out and we move forward and we heal. And I hope we can all heal together. Um, sounds really cliche. And honestly, I don't know if a lot of my opinions are going to sit right with everybody. And it, that's okay, though. We have to understand that everybody is going to take a situation in a different way than the next person. Like, you're not going to see it the same way as your neighbor. You're not going to see it the same way as your brother, your sister, or your wife. Anybody is going to see it from their own perspective. And the problem that we've run into, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is there's been a breakdown in communication. We feel somebody views this thing this way or this thing this way. Well, they're this and they're that, and I'm not speaking to them. They're not my people. Well, when you follow that train of thought, you will find yourself down a very empty road of having no one left. 
And this is not partisan. This is everybody. This is when you get into that group think and you get into that one size fits all and I'm this and I'm that and that person is this and they're that, that is division at its finest. And we will not succeed if we continue down the path. So this is a great time for the Speak Easily to come back full time because I want to have these conversations. I want to talk to people that have different life experiences and I want to bring them on the show and share them with you, the listener, somebody that you would maybe never know or you do know that you don't know what their struggles are. And until you walk in somebody else's shoes, you'll never truly know. So I guess the the relaunch of this whole thing is going to be about sharing experiences, having discussion, but keeping the love. And I can't think of anything better. Um, it's, it's hard out there. It's a brutal world, and we are more divided than ever. But there's a lot of love to give, and there's a lot of love to be had. So... That being said, I want to take a quick break and we're going to hear from some sponsors for today's show. And then when we we come back, I want to share a personal story to sort of kick this off that I hope doesn't discourage you from listening, that opens your eyes to everyone's fatigue and stress. And we'll get into it right after this. Internet privacy and internet security are two very hot button issues. Any active user of the internet understands that you are always taking a risk, whether it be your private Wi-Fi at home or a public Wi-Fi connection, you are always at risk for somebody potentially hacking and breaching your data. That's why we here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds have partnered with NordVPN. We believe the services that they offer are of tremendous value. We believe they have a customer-focused service regarding your internet security and your internet privacy, and we support them 100%. If you click the link in the description box below, you can see the services that we are able to offer to our listeners through NordVPN at somewhat of a discount in order to better secure your internet experience. Help us support the show and support NordVPN and the incredible work that they're doing by clicking that link down below. And we're back. So I want to dive into a story that's deeply personal for me. And um, I don't know if it's going to cause backlash or if it's going to be met with a good reception. But quite honestly, that doesn't matter to me the importance is is sharing your story sharing your experience and that's what i'm here to do and i would welcome any and all feedback um as much as i hate to drudge up the past uh we are still living in the aftermath of the past so it's important to talk about so uh let's go back to the beginning of the pandemic and let's talk uh, March 12th of 2020, Governor Wolf implemented the first social distancing order. It was for, I believe, five counties in the state of Pennsylvania. On March 12th, Governor 
Wolf announced the uh, two weeks to slow the spread. On March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, uh, we hit 96 cases in our state. And uh, on March 18th, we had our first COVID death. Um, I was very aware on March 12th of the restrictions and I was following it pretty heavily and I realized that uh, St. Patrick's Day was which is a high holiday in my family it is a big tradition and a big uh, celebration tradition goes with the Irish heritage it's you just can't escape it eat a potato drink some whiskey it's the whole nine yards um, I knew that before prior to St. Patrick's Day that this was happening just because of the people that I knew at the time. And um, I will be honest, I was self-centered that first weekend of the 14th-ish. I was just trying to enjoy it because I knew that there was going to be something that came down the line. And then the two weeks to slow the spread happened. And uh, at the time I was working in an office job and we had experienced a situation where it was a direct co-worker of mine whose spouse or significant other, I don't recall the nature of their relationship, had uh, been exposed to somebody who had potentially been abroad for the Chinese New Year. I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, in that but I believe that was what they were abroad for it could have just been abroad to be abroad and to be with family but I that sticks out in my mind that that's factually correct that they were for the Chinese New Year and obviously uh, that was a hot contested situation and um, so essentially I spent the first weekend not taking it seriously and then the the initial two weeks to slow the spread happened and I received that news at work and I was kind of taken aback that it would potentially be a spreading situation that I was involved in Um, because at that time there was no information and you just assumed that if somebody was overseas or somebody was even just traveling it kind of just was implicated that they might be in a position where they were a part of spreading it. And so I contacted my loved ones that are near and dear to me that I would see frequently and said, hey, I'm going to probably be away for the remainder of the time of the two weeks to flatten the curve. And it's for everyone's benefit. And at that point in time, that was a welcome gesture and much appreciated because no one knew anything. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I did well because by the end of the two weeks, I was a mess. And let me tell you why. So at that point, we were a standalone situation where no one was really coming in or coming out of our business so we were able to function and if somebody got ill they could be removed from the working environment and paid and whatever they're taken care of 
So I was still going to work because I was not showing any sort of symptoms. I was just simply potentially exposed, but without any factual basis, like without any actual knowledge of what was going on. And um, so there was a shift in the scheduling where although everyone still was in the same office, everyone had different hours, one person was working remote, one person was closing, I was opening. And I was early to open, uh, I believe like 15 or so minutes. Uh, at the time, I was a very heavy coffee drinker. And I liked to show up work to work early because I would have cough, coffee made and just get everything in line and straighten up and just kind of prepare for the day review any nasty emails that would probably sent my way for dereliction of duty or whatever the case might have been. And I had some extra time before I clocked in and I perused Facebook. And I would say that this is probably a week and a half in to the two weeks to slow the spread. I could be wrong on this date because it, it, I have to say, and maybe you can agree and tell me in the comments if this is something that happened to you, a lot of that timeline is so blurred to me now, looking back on it. Uh, two years, one year, two weeks, it all feels like a lifetime. And so a lot of my stuff might be a little bit askew. So correct me and just, I don't know, if you know, remember and if I'm messing anything up, please tell me. I'm all ears. But um, I guess in the best sense I can put it, I wasn't taking it seriously, but I was taking it seriously enough that I was not going around family members that I know personally based on what I was told from the people that seemed to know the best at the time would potentially have adverse side effects that I was potentially exposed and I needed to stay away and I was respecting that boundary and it was killing me but I was doing it so I open up the shop uh, early ish not actually unlock the doors but just give myself enough time to read up and I open up Facebook and they have put out a video and <clears throat> please tell me if you remember because it's still available on YouTube I have yet to be able to find it on Facebook but um, they put a video up called something to the effect of we're in this together. And it was a collage of videos of people from different walks of life, different work ethics, work backgrounds, not ethics, work backgrounds. And they were to the tune of the artist formerly known as Kate Tempest. She now goes by Kay tempest it was to the tune of their song people's faces and it was only about a minute and a half and it was gut-wrenching because the lyrics just were so somber and it's it almost sounded like the end it was you're watching and you're hearing this beautiful voice sing these words that that, that lead you to believe that it's almost the end. And you're watching clips of, of people crying and there's, there's a text message conversation 
across the screen that says, are we going to be okay? And you don't know who's sending it to who, but you can only assume it's a loved one to a loved one or a friend to a friend. Same thing, honestly. And then the the upbeat of the tempo of the songs transitions to like, but I can see my friend's faces and it's okay. And the the mood shifts and you see like dancing nurses and you see like people that that are okay. And so I'm not going to sit here and say that at the time I was kind of putting up, I'm going to say I was putting up walls and I was defensive. And then when I saw that video set to that specific song and those specific images is when it hit me. And I realized, you know, I, I love people's faces and the idea of not being able to see my mom again, my dad again, my brother again, really like made me take stock and, and appreciate the fact that in, even though in the back of my head, I was just kind of going through the motions, but doing it legitimately, it made me realize, oh, wow, we are really all in this together and I'm doing my part. And I don't want to ever not see them. I don't want to lose them. And I can't imagine these people that are working in these hospital situations and they're potentially exposing their families. And on a more, like I'm worried about going and, you know, my, my business is essentially shut, shut down. I'm, I'm a glorified secretary at this point, but I'm still worried. And then there's people on the front lines that are dealing with sick people and I'm being selfish. And it was this whole internalized guilt. And it was quite honestly a, a full on cry for me. And I realized how precious everything is and how I need to take this seriously. And it really hit me that my jovial or just absent minded half ass doing this wasn't really enough that I needed to take this seriously. Um, I will never fault anyone for feeling that way because I believe anyone who took any precautions that they felt were justified were justified. If in your mind you felt it was necessary, then you did the right thing. However... I have a lot of questions and the problem that I'm seeing right now is people that bought into everything like I did in the beginning, they don't question anything. It's stay within the confines of this thinking or you're a bad person or you're killing grandma or you're what have you. Um, there's not a lot of data and there's not a lot of science that has actually stayed consistent. And I will never profess to be a medical professional. I will never profess to be some kind of epidemiologist. I will never, ever, ever try to tell anyone what else to do. 
But what I have a hard time with is when we're told, I'm sorry, I'm like, I need a drink. I'm just, I'm so scared to say this because so many people that I know and love fall on one side or the other. And this is important to me, but I know that I could be alienating somebody that I love by saying what I think either way. And it's a lot of pressure and I'm a little thirsty. I guess my my point is is we have to accept fundamentally down the middle nobody is right or wrong we were given we were given a lot of misinformation that we were then giving to other people nobody knew what the f- what the hell to do and um That's the bottom line. There are contradictions, and I will be glad to cite sources. In this type of format, I feel like this is a conversation. And I'm getting to my point, and I'm not trying to spread misinformation. But what I'm trying to tell you is not one side or the other has been completely right. Not one side or the other has been the one with the facts or the science. And... Trusting the science has turned into the science changes and science is always changing and always growing and always developing. I understand that. I've had amazing, amazing science educators in my lifetime. I'm beyond grateful. English and science and math, like I had a very good foundation. It doesn't Maybe I don't always represent it sometimes on the podcast, but I promise you I've had an amazing stream of educators in my lifetime. But sometimes there are just things that not everyone can know and not everyone can predict or assume or understand. But what's happened is this whole slow the spread has developed into two years later and here we are. And I know that there are a lot of people that have been heavily advocating for a lot of these restrictions and now the restrictions are kind of getting lifted with no questions asked and it's sort of like the magician that pulls the uh, tablecloth out from under the table and everything is left in place a lot of people have have built their life around what we were taught and like what we were instructed to do and to protect everybody and keep everyone safe I, I know people that have first personally felt guilt because they caught corona and they felt as though it was like a shame thing that they they did something wrong because they they had done so many other things that would prevent them from getting it but the bottom line is is everyone seems to forget that this was a novel virus like no one actually had the answers and no one knew right from wrong. No one 100% had it right all the time. But we somehow managed to take this two weeks to slow the spread in the fear of me hugging my mom and giving her a disease that she couldn't recover from to, like, now this has become a dividing issue within our country, within our people, and it's staggering. 
and you see people on one side wishing death on the other and on the other side wishing death on the other. I hope you catch it. I hope you get vaccinated and you, you get the worst case you've ever had. And it's, it's very disgusting behavior. And I, I don't fault anyone because I don't think that anyone actually has that in their heart. I think that when fear enters the arena, it really changes how people's fight or flight responses react and it, it really affects the brain. And I think that's what happened. I, I believe cold heartedly that the powers that be did not have the information or they did and they withheld it, which is a whole other podcast on the conspiracy side, but we're not going to go there. I believe that they just didn't know. And there was a lot of, if you go back through, and I will ha gladly have this debate with somebody, but if you go back through, no one had this right, nor would I expect them to, because it's a novel virus. But people clung on, on every side of the aisle, every party, every affiliation, hung on to certain bits and pieces of information, and then they got angry at the other people that were opposing them. And that is so scary to me, because at the end of the day, I don't care what political affiliation, affiliation you are. You could be left, right, green, libertarian, whatever the, the hell you affiliate with. None of those people that are at the top of that party care that much about you. They care enough to get you to vote for them. But at the end of the day, when it comes to push to shove, the people that you actually know in day-to-day -day life are the people that will be there and God forbid if something bad happens, if a family member falls ill or God forbid something, a natural disaster were just to happen to your house, your community and the people around you that you know personally are the ones that are going to be there and show up. So to allow the upper echelon, so to speak, of politicians and, and health experts and whatever they may have and tout as their symbol of knowledge in a situation where nobody knows anything because it's brand new to everyone, allow them to have the control over you pick and choose who you hate and don't hate or don't speak to and don't associate with, you're giving powers to some, you're giving power over your life to somebody that will never know your name. And this is, again, this is down the middle. This mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine. We are losing sight of the simple fact of respecting each other's boundaries. The mask mandate has essentially fallen to shreds, but there are people that are so af afraid, I guess, or, or uncomfortable, that that is still something that they need to feel safe going in public. Well, guess what? That is their right as an American citizen, as a citizen anywhere, that should be their right. To do what's right for their bodily autonomy. Is it necessarily for me? Probably not. But do I care what this other person does with their mask, their, their willingness to go out into the real world? No. Heck, I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad you're 
doing your thing and you're alive. And we're losing sight. Like they, it's almost like they used the fear mongering to bring us all together when they had us all separated. When we were all in our own homes, all s- separated and segued and in our bubble. Remember the COVID bubble? We had the bubble. It's like that was good. But now that we're like back and slowly coming back into this societal norms of like concerts and and trust me let's get be let's be honest if you watched the super bowl and didn't see the juxtaposition between all of those people that could afford to be there and god bless them that's their right they earned the money and they paid to be there i'm not taking that away from them but monday morning or tuesday i think some places had off because of the super bowl or, or what have you but children still had to go to school with masks on. But we watched the biggest event in our country, and how many masks did you see? Comment below. Leave me a comment. Tell me, shoot me a direct message on Instagram. How many masks did you see? I'm not saying masks are right or wrong. What I'm saying is the hypocrisy is rampant. And that is something that I think we can all agree on because it doesn't, it's not partisan. It's not a... I've seen everybody from every spectrum do it. Celebrity, politician, what have you. The, the images of the people out with ma- masks in front of children, in front of service staff, it's disgusting. It's, it, what happened to we are all in this together? So I guess where this is really going is I want to bring it back to that initial realization when I... S- I kind of had that stop being self-absorbed moment. So this song by K Tempest, it's called People's Faces. And Facebook, as Facebook was Facebooking, it only gives you what they want you to hear. It only gives you a segment. And I believe the advertisement was about a minute 30. It is on YouTube. If you Google Facebook ad, I'm sorry, if you YouTube Facebook ad people's faces, it should come up. Comments are turned off, of course. That's how you know that something's up. Um, I believe they only gave you a minute 40 of the song. The song is five minutes. Um, I've told myself this entire time that I won't sit here and just read it to you for five minutes because quite honestly is that important but I know that you don't want to hear my ass tell you the whole thing I'm going to for Spotify users if you're listening on Spotify it's going to be at the end of this episode if you have the time please listen to it because it's beautiful Uh, for those of you that are not on Spotify I'm going to link it in the description box below probably a YouTube link because I think that's the most common that my listeners are familiar with um, so essentially what I'm getting at is I had only heard a section of this song because that's what they wanted me to hear. They activated my emotions. They, they got me riled up and they did this t- to a lot of people. And I don't care what your beliefs are. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, but what matters is, is like, we have to start getting back to a semblance of normalcy is and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way I just mean we have to get back to getting on with life 
And when you listen to this song in its full context, it makes so much more sense now than it did then. The opening line, opening lines, it says, my country's coming apart. Was there, a, was there a historical, pivotal moment that we just went bumbling past? And it, it truly doesn't fit the narrative of what it was used in that advertisement because it's mostly questioning the things that were told by the people, the powers that be, or whatever you want to call them. It's calling into question everything and, and how a society can break down. They've got their hackles up. It, and she's standing there as, it, from the voice of the writer. And she's at the train station. And she smiles because she sees everyone's face. She sees her friend's face. This is not an anti-mask thing. This is a moment of clarity where we have to all collectively forgive and forget and realize that we were all at one point, I'm sorry, I don't care who you are, you could be the biggest, baddest mother trucker. There's got to be a point where you were either scared for yourself or you're scared for grandma. And that's okay. And you admit that. And it's okay. It's, it, this shows humility. That shows humanity. But there has to come a point where we realize that we have lost so much in the last two years within our society and within human connection. And I'm not blaming it all on masks. Masks are symbolic of the bigger issue. Masks are not the problem. The problem is they hid your face. You hid your face. I hid my face. When I look at my friends' faces, even in the worst of times, when I see somebody that I love smiling at me, I can get through whatever I'm meant to get through because there's somebody on that end of that smile that loves me and believes in me. And that is an important value that I don't think we, we appreciated before, but I think it's something that we can appreciate now. Remember like walking into a restaurant and meeting somebody and that anxiety of where do I sit? Are we at the bar? Are we at a table? What's going on? I, I hate, like, that was me. I was always that guy. But I, I had friends that struggled with it worse than I did. So I always made sure I'm never late. I'm never on, I'm never early to anything. I'm either right on time or I'm five minutes late. But I had a friend that I loved dearly and they suffered with anxiety so much. And I would get there five to 10 minutes early and just to be able to secure a spot, have a drink, and get my phone hooked up to the Wi-Fi or whatever was the situation and text them, hey, when you walk in, turn to your left, three stools down, 
got us to. Or, hey, walk to the back room, table for two, back right corner. Because I knew what they went through with their anxiety. And that's not to, like, champion me as a hero. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, is, like, that's what we need to get back to is everyone had anxiety. Everyone was scared. You don't answer that now with anger. It, whatever somebody did during this last two years was what they thought was best for them or their families or their situation, whether they were masked or no masked, vaxxed or not vaxxed. This rhetoric of hating your neighbor because of their affiliation or their choice is where the problem begins. And to, to relate it somehow to politics is essentially to relate it to somebody that doesn't care about you. I hate to say it that way, but like I said, if a natural disaster happens and your house needs rebuilt or you need a place to stay, your friends, your family, and your neighbors are the ones that are going to be there for you. The, the local government, like the government's not coming. I'm sorry, they're, they're not. What's that, what, all that red tape and all that bureaucracy, we need to get back to a place where we recognize that we are not the sum of our faults, but we are a solution of our additions. We are, we are bigger than the, the, we are bigger together than we are divided. I don't know. I, I screwed up that analogy, but this song changed how I looked at everything when I heard it the, in the full context. There's one lyric, and I'm trying not to spoil, spoil the song because I, I genuinely want you to go and listen to it. But there's one lyric or line, or I'm not musically inclined, where she says, you heard it from yourself when you were lying in bed thinking to yourself, couldn't we be doing this differently? I don't know one person that has gone through what we have gone through together in the last two years that I know that hasn't thought that to themselves. And it's time that we start doing things differently. And we have, there's another lyric. I, I got to stop like ruining this song because I, I genuinely do want you to listen to it after it's over because it, it impacted me so much that I think it will resonate with you after hearing this, I hope, or maybe my big bag of bullshit won't even matter and the song itself will just be enough that it'll resonate. But she says, in this, they say in the song, more empathy, less greed, more respect. That's not about anyone else besides the common worker the, the normal everyday mom and dad and the, the run of the mill people we're not the high brass we're the ones that followed all the rules or broke the rules because we got sick of them the everyday folks we need to practice that because they're not practicing it with us and I'm sorry they don't have our we have each other they don't have our best interests I don't know one politician that has my best interest, quite frankly. And I don't have one pharmaceutical company that has my best interest at heart. And it's weird for me because I know a lot of people that were 
very anti-Big Pharma, and then through this, and that is part of their process. They've become, oh, well, this big pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company has my best interest. And that's okay, because I don't, I don't judge them. They're, they're clinging to hope, they're clinging to faith, and hoping that there is a solution ahead. And I understand that, but we have to all just reel it back. No politician, no pharmaceutical company, no governing body is really coming to help us. Think back to your experience with this pandemic. Who, who was there for you? It was your friends, your family, your local community. That's what matters. And we have to stop allowing them to create situations where we alienate each other from each other because that's never going to be good. It's only going to benefit them, quite honestly. And you can wrap this up into a conspiracy, maybe. I, I don't feel that it's actually a conspiracy when you look at a lot of the inconsistencies in their reportings, how they have played to certain demographics to spew certain untruths. There's, they want to censor people for misinformation, but they have been the biggest culprits of misinformation when they simply could have just said, we don't have all the answers, rather than censoring every person. And the misinformation thing is, is quite honestly a joke because I know everybody that I know and everybody that I love and everybody that is within touch or even just basic interaction that I, I know on a daily basis has critical thinking skills. So this whole push to like, oh, well, we're going to help make this better by slowing the spread of misinformation. Quite honestly, that's a ruse. Everybody that I know is intelligent. Everybody that I know, and even if they are maybe a little bit educational adverse or, or have some little bit of a, a learning disability, that's where the community steps in and, and advises them on what's best for their health. That's when their doctor, their medical professional steps in, family steps in. I don't need somebody on that side of the aisle telling me what I can and cannot read or consume. We are all adults. We are all rational. And we can all hit the play button. We can all hit the close button. And we can all walk away from misinformation. We don't have to censor people. We have to, we can, honestly, the best way to get rid of misinformation is to allow them to spread it and allow us to recognize it and make fun of them in the town square and allow them to be recognized as not part of the collective group. And that's how you handle You don't just censor people. Anyway, that's another topic for another issue. But uh, my bottom line is, I just, this song changed how I felt. And this is how I feel about those of you that have supported me through this podcast journey and my friends and my family in day-to-day life. I love people's faces and I love your face. And I hope that we're getting to a place where we can see each other's faces again because that is where a fundamental breakdown happened in our communication as a society. And I stand by that, and I will die on this hill. But please, if I'm wrong, 
and you have a different point of view and you think that I missed something or I misspoke or God knows I kind of have the vibe that I maybe repeated myself a little bit here please let me know I want to hear about it but this is this is what I want it this is what I want this to be I want this to be an open forum and I want to have open discussions and I love your faces and there's nothing you can do about it you can tell me I'm wrong you can tell me I'm horrible you can tell me I'm this way or that way or this political affiliation or that political affiliation won't stop me from loving you and fighting for your right to say what you have to say. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back and we're going to wrap this dog and pony show up. Our last two sponsors of the day are Audible and CodeMonkey. Audible is a wonderful application in which you are able to combine your love of audiobooks and your love of podcasts all in one streamlined place. I have been using Audible for about two months now, and I have to say the experience has been tremendous. I have found that being somebody that's constantly on the go, having one generalized place to find all of my entertainment whether I'm traveling in the car or listening at work, it has really made my life a little bit easier because I can find everything I'm looking for in one spot and I'm never missing out. I'm staying on top of current things, current events with my podcasts, and I'm making progress on the books that I want to read. We here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds are proud to offer you a 30-day trial with a free credit. All you have to do is click the link in the description box below and you can sign up now and try it for yourself. Let us know what you think because we're pretty proud of this program. CodeMonkey is a very important application. We all know that children are the future and CodeMonkey is taking that very seriously. With programs for both parents and teachers, this is a fun interactive way for children to learn coding while gaming. Yes, you heard that right, coding. Teach them young and help them prepare for their future careers in this ever-changing technology environment. CodeMonkey is first in its class in its fun and educational software. We would love for you to give it a try. The The link for it will be in the description box below. And please let us know what you think. I am extremely proud to work with them because I believe that they have a very similar vision that I I and my co-host share. Children are the future and we need to educate them and get them better prepared for the job market ahead. With that being said, thank you Audible and thank you CodeMonkey for making this podcast possible. Well, there was that. Uh, That was my little bit that I had to get off my heart. Uh, thank you for listening the whole way to the end. Uh, like I said before, the song from K Tempest will be linked at the end for Spotify listeners. For those of you that are listening um, elsewhere, it will be linked in the description box below for you to be able to listen on YouTube. Um, I do apologize for the audio. I was a little passionate and animated, and I think I banged on the table a lot more than I thought I was going to. And my microphone picked it up. I will work on doing better about that in the future. Um, Like I said, it's back in the saddle, first time solo casting. 
in a while. So, you know, it's like you get on a bike, but the bike's a little rusty. That's sort of where I'm at. Uh, one thing that I know is really prevalent in the media today and in the news, as it should be, is the Ukrainian-Russian situation. And I'll be honest, I wanted to get into it today, but I don't know enough. And sometimes the person that speaks the less and speaks the least in the room is the one that comes out knowing the most. So I'm kind of sitting back and observing. But for those of you that are listening and wondering if I have an opinion on that or I want to talk about that, I do, and it will come in time. But I will tell you what I am doing. I'm supporting uh, an organization called Be Strong. And they are, as of recording, I believe they already have set up in Poland uh, tents to reconnect family members. They're handing out cash cards. They're handing out medical kits. They're handing out survival kits. They're handing out, I believe, kits for women with children to help them with their babies. Um, beautiful organization. Totally cuts through the red tape. Uh, undermines the bureaucracy of it all and really takes the piss out of nonprofits. So if it's on your heart to donate to the Ukraine situation, I 110% endorse the Be Strong organization. This is not a paid thing. I just believe in them. Um, I will link their efforts and a link to donation down below. Um, I, I do want to talk about that, and I think it's very, very relevant but it's one of those things where I don't want to speak on something without all of the information. And that is kind of a theme of what we discussed here today. So with all of that being said, I do want to thank today's sponsors. Um, I want to thank those of you that are listening. I hope that this transition wasn't too painful for you. I will be better in my groove as we go forward and I get back into this momentum um, I really appreciate you being here with me because this is an important journey and uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing a true crime case and um, it's a really important one. It's about a young four-year-old child named Cody Bigsby and he is been, he's been missing since January 31st. He's still missing. Uh, I really want to dive into that because I think we can hopefully get some answers and hopefully bring him home and um, yeah that's this is what the speakeasily is going to be about and thank you for being on this journey with me and I can't wait to see you tomorrow